morning everybody. Well, a big day yesterday, up 99. This morning, not quite so excitable. SPY was down 19 on the back of Dow Jones, down 97. And our market this morning, down 27, with resources taking a bit of a dive, despite the iron ore price up 1.6%. BHP down 1.8%, Rio down one3 Most of the banks off a little bit, NAB down 1%. And a lot of the big stocks down. The one stock that's up yet again today is APT. I will come to that in a minute. Not too much on the announcements front this morning. Qantas slowing or standing down 2,500 crew. Their capacity is down to 40% of what domestic capacity is down to 40% of what it was in May, thanks to lockdowns. I don't think they've sacked anyone. They've just stood them down. Not too many other big announcements today. Our market booming yesterday on the back of the APT bid worth $39 billion and the oil search and Santos merger worth 21 billion a few corporate deals also always helps rather bitcoin down 5.7 percent oil down a touch gold on hold major development over the last 48 24 hours is the chinese pmi numbers came in below expectations not by a lot but I've put a chart of Chinese PMI numbers in the strategy piece today, and you'll see they have been trending down now since the beginning of the year. So concerns about Chinese growth tailing away. They were, of course, the driver of the pandemic recovery, particularly for Australia with their demand for our commodities. And on top of the Chinese PMI number, the US ISM manufacturing PMI numbers also came in a bit below expectations overnight. On the back of that, as you'll see in the strategy piece today, bond yields in the US, 10-year bond yield under 1.2%, 1.1789. Interest rates are drifting away. And we have the RBA meeting today. There's talk of them delaying their previously anticipated tapering decision. And the message from the bond market, the bond market is the distillation of the collected thoughts on economic growth coming from the bond market, which is a lot larger and more macro than the equity market. And the message from the bond market as interest rates drop away is pretty bland. Low rates suggest a weaker economic outlook. It suggests the pandemic recovery has run its course. Interest rates peaked early this year. And the peak in rates also suggests that the nitroglycerine hit of stimulus has pretty much exhausted itself. And it suggests that on the economic cycle, the best is by behind us. It also suggests people are buying bonds, which means selling equities. The only incongruous part of all this is the equity market keeps going up. Ours is not to reason why. Ours is but to invest and stay invested until people change their mind. So the strategy at the moment is same, same. Markets going up. Whilst there is, there's no need to disagree with the herd. In the short term, things have been iced by a couple of corporate deals. The peak everything fear, which we keep writing about, is just non-existent at the moment. Have a look at the chart of the ASX 200. All the moving averages are in the right places. All the short ones above the longer ones. The rally is relentless. The RBA is probably going to delay its tapering. The Fed told us last week that they're in no rush to taper. Low interest rates are boosting the valuations, fantasy valuations, the valuations in technology and growth stocks, and also inflate 
Investor sentiment generally. Lower rates give people a feeling of security about their most important asset, which is the property market. So let the bubble continue to inflate in equities. I still can't help feeling that something is coming, but that's the weak human side of my brain talking. The auto mean reversion assumption part of the human brain, which is not designed to help you invest. The Vulcan side says get your hot golf handicap down whilst you can, but keep checking the market mid-round. And that's what I'll be doing. So have a look at the chart of the ASX 200 in the strategy piece today. All the king's horses and all the king's men are still marching up the hill. Right, I've written a piece. I, I tell you, seeing so many articles on Afterpay, I really wondered what value could I possibly add to the Afterpay discussion. But I reckon I can add quite a bit, actually. If you have a look at our strategy piece today, I've written about Afterpay and there are a few little notes to note. One is that Afterpay and Square Inc who have bid for them have been moving in lockstep. It's almost as if they are a derivative of each other's share price already. They soon will be. And it makes it quite clear that both sides of the Pacific to have two stocks moving so closely in tandem suggests that they were riding the same wave. And to think we thought that profit was relevant or the PE was relevant, it is quite clear from this correlation, which we should have spotted earlier on, that researching the fundamentals of stocks like Afterpay or Zip is almost completely irrelevant. And for anyone that was listening to finger-wagging value-based disciples telling us it was all going to end in tears, they wasted our time as well. The truth was that there are a host of stocks like APT and Square and Zip and all the others in this finance app space have been involved in a revolution that replaced credit cards with technology applications. And all of them, both sides of the Pacific, were on the same wave. It wasn't about APT. It wasn't about the fundamentals. It was about a land grab because the change in finance habits is global. It spanned the Pacific, as I say. And when you look at this APT and square share price hand in hand, you realize they were on the same roller coaster as each other. And it's much like the iron ore price and the BHP price. BHP's fundamentals today do not drive the price tomorrow. The iron ore price tomorrow drives the iron ore price. And in the same way, the finance wave or the change in financial habits wave is going to drive the future. So there are a few questions to look at today. I don't want to bore you, but why did why did Molnar and Eisen accept a bid at around $130 when the share price was at $1.160? Don't they expect it to get back there? So I think the message from them doing the deal is that they needed SQ or Square. They needed Square to thrive and survive, possibly survive against Apple, PayPal, Affirm, Klarna. And that's probably what they're doing. They could see that as an Australian minnow, they were going to get marginalized. They lacked the critical mass up against the big players and the right strategic move rather than smashing their heads against these US giants was to deal or die. And maybe that's why they did what they did. Of course, they are remaining invested, but it looks like the prospects for APT as part of a much bigger entity was more secure than being part of a or being competing on the battlefield as the smallest gladiator. For APT shareholders, the APT share price is now linked to the Square's share price in the US, even though the deal won't go through till next year. Every morning now, you've just got to apply the 
currency to 0.375% of the square share price and you'll come up with an APT share price and as per last night APT will follow what square does. So forget the APT fundamentals now you're now following SQ's fundamentals you want to read SQ research not APT research. Will there be a counter bid? Some brokers are suggesting it is possible and whilst the market's behaving I'd probably hold on because if there is a counter bid it is going to be significant because they have got to break an agreed deal with some fairly significant break clauses in it. So it's going to be hard to do that. So if someone does come along, you're going to get a premium. Plus the APT share price already trading at a discount to the bid, which suggests the market suggests or market thinks that there isn't going to be a counter bid at this point. So APT, as I say, will follow SQ around watch the SQ price, read the SQ research. Counter bid looks unlikely. I think the chance of a regulatory hurdle, which is Josh Frydenberg blocking it because it's not in the national interest, is small. Surely that's small. APT is hardly an Australian icon. So is SQ or is Square Inc. a good investment? If you have a look at the stock box, you'll see it is another one of these overpriced high growth stocks, huge PE, PE of 238 times this year, 125.92, which is a similar sort of prospect, although slightly bigger and more mature than Afterpay. If you thought Afterpay wasn't scary, you'll think Square is less scary. In the long term, is Square a good investment? That's the the million dollar question. You decide. In two years, I can't help thinking that finance payment applications and this revolution in finance thinking and the use of technology will turn from wizardry, as we think it is now, into a commodity. They'll be two a penny and the share prices will have to be backed by profits. And that's where Apple and PayPal will win. And you'd have to hope that Square Inc starts to fill in the sentiment gap with solid earnings and justifies its current share price. What would you do with APT? I think for the moment you just hold on. Market sentiment is pretty good at the moment. You can see from the sales numbers from APT yesterday, North American revenue up 148%, sales up 98%, revenue up 78%, customers up 63%, US customers up 88%, number of merchants up 77%. This is still a growing industry. The land grab is still on. And I've got a, if anyone doesn't understand or doesn't know what the Oklahoma land run was in 1889, have a look at the picture and the link in the strategy piece today. But it's a land run run or a land rush and whilst it is profits are irrelevant so i would as an apt shareholder hold on just in case there's another bid the industry is still in the growth phase so square may hold up quite nicely but i can't help feeling these pe's and the idea that the apt directors have seen the top suggests that if there is a correction they won't survive terribly well so if there is a correction maybe we should think about buying then i wouldn't be buying but i'd be reasonably comfortable holding on at the moment right i have a little paragraph today i was looking at the afr website these are their top eight articles to click on. This is a lesson in clickbait. Top three stocks to buy. Five best stocks to buy now. Ten stocks to buy now. What is the best stock to invest in? Jim, Jim Cramer stocks to buy. Best dividend shares to buy. Highest paying dividend stocks. New York Stock Exchange stocks to watch. Right. If you want to write a clickbait headline, just take all those words, jumble them up in a bag, pull out five and put them together. That's how you uh, get clicks. 
I reckon they've left out one. I think everyone would read an article if I wrote it called One Stock You Must Sell. I'll have to think up what stock that is. Right, RBA today. Not many results this week. CBA next week, Telstra next week, US jobs numbers all important on Friday. Matilda's robbed. If you didn't see it, go and have a look at the final of the women's triple jump. Our market down 23, futures down 64. You have an Olympic day and I will speak to you tomorrow. (laughs) 